You're listening to podcastjuice.net. She believed in fairy tales and princes. He believed in jazz, rhythm, and blues, and this thing called. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcastjuice.net. This is the Prince Podcast. You are with us today as we get ready to talk about the artist currently known as Prince and formerly, you know who I'm talking about, Mr. Nelson. Yes, we are back. And to introduce my co-host today, Mr. Sean Hill. How are you, sir? Doing good. Uh, good, beautiful day in San Diego today. Hopefully, uh, going to get out and get to enjoy some of that sunshine. Oh, man. You're lucky because it is pouring down rain here in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, keep it up there. Keep it up there. <laughs> There I am. There you are, Mr. Big Sexy, and we, 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 you're coming to us live from uh, driving across the country or something. How yes, are you, sir? Yes, I am well. I'm headed up Highway 99, just past the Highway 113 exit, headed up to uh, to Chico, California, to a couple of friends' wedding. And I got to tell you, driving up 99, if you haven't done it before, this is some green acres stuff, man, because I'm in the middle of nowhere. I see nothing but cornfields and trees and whatnot. I'm looking for Boss Hog and the Dukes of Hazzard oh, about a good time. <laughs> well, I've been up that road, Big Sexy. Be be careful. Be careful. Yeah, I don't oh, know if I'm going to find Boss Hog. <laughs> <laughs> My wife's family's from Chico, so. Uh, well, all right. Well, th- thank you for joining us, sir. Um, all right. So next up, Mr. Aunt Pooh, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, hope you're having some fun times today. All right. So let's just get things started. We're here to talk about Prince. And there's some new announcements in Prince News that I'm sure a lot of the fans are aware about. So the first thing off the top, we're going to start right off, is there, uh, there are two new albums that were announced. Uh, the first one is Artificial Age, and this is the Prince album. And then the second one is the uh, much-talked-about Third Eye Girl album, Plectrum Electrum. Uh, so both of these albums will, will be released uh, September 30th. Uh, and these are both with uh, Warner Brothers. So I wanted to sort of get some uh, reactions to this news. First thing I will say is I am very happy that we have two albums coming out. Of, we haven't had a new Prince album since, what, 2010. Uh, technically, in America, you would have to go back to Lotus Flower. Uh, it hasn't been an official album release in the States since then, which is a long time ago. So we're finally getting some new music. Uh, some of these tracks we have heard before, which we can talk about. But I just want to get an initial reaction. So, uh, Big Sexy, what do you think of this news? Two new albums, September 30th. What's your opinion? You know, I'm excited about both albums. You know, like you said earlier, it's kind of reminiscent of the Lotus Flower Project. But I did look at the track listing on both, and I'm kind of surprised that the live out loud song isn't on the third eye girl album because there's a video for that so i don't know why they left that off the configuration unless they're going to do it as a b-side or something later on but and i believe the prince album is a lot of collaborating with uh, i'm going to butcher her name leanne lahavis from from london so i'm really curious to hear this you can hear her influence all over the single clouds but just as an announcement this is going to be great and Clearly, he's still relevant. If he can get on Good Morning America and send his three you know, bandmates on there to announce this, he's still relevant. And people need to need to respect, the, respect that, man. He's an elder statement now, but 
he's still out there. He's still that guy. All right. Well, you brought up uh, Live Out Loud, which you know, I, I didn't really care for that song, so I'm kind of glad it's not on there. But there's other couple of songs that uh, Screwdriver isn't on there, which I'm cool with that. I mean, not that I don't like the song, but it's not new. We've already had that. Uh, Rock and Roll Love Affair uh, isn't included on either one of these as well, which makes me kind of wonder why it would include like Breakfast Can Wait, uh, which, you know, yeah, there's video for that. That was released a while ago. Um, and Funk and Roll seems to be on both projects. This is a guy who must have a ton of material. So I always kind of wonder some of the reasons. But uh, nonetheless, Aunt Pooh, what's your takeaway? Yeah, you just echoed my sentiment. Like, where is Screwdriver and Rock and Roll Love Affair? Both of those songs, in my opinion, are, are will definitely help the, I'm going to say help the album sales, but help the quality of the album. I mean, I guess we have to take a wait-and-see approach to these new songs, but uh, the configuration, I, I really like them. Uh, I wish Plectrum Electrum and Fix Your Life Up was on uh, Artificial Age, but, you know, I guess that's, an, that's a knock I can uh, deal with. Uh, clouds, uh, I just got, please forgive me, you know, don't take away my Prince card. I just... <laughs> Listen to the song about five minutes ago. What? Hey, I've been oh, busy, hell. all right? I've been busy. Life been hard, homie. <laughs> anyway, uh, I like the beat. I, I mean, I like the music. The lyrics is, uh, maybe I got to listen to it three three more times. But uh, so far, I, I'm liking the vibe that he's giving with Clouds, and hopefully he's going to weave that throughout uh, both albums. But I will say... You know, you guys give him props for getting up on Good Morning America. I got to give him a thumbs down for that. Because how you going to say this big announcement and then you going to send your concubines to say, oh, there's two albums coming. Like, come on. You go out there and promote that. Well, you know, on one, I think we were going off of, I think it was a Twitter where they used the word mega. I think it was Third Eye Girl may have said that. And so sort of the impression is this is going to be something extremely big that's going to be announced. And I think it was kind of like it was just the albums. Now, I'm saying just the albums, but, I, you know, we were there was a thread on Facebook. We were kind of talking and we we're just kind of jokingly throwing around some things we wanted to see. But I think the expectation with that there was going to be uh, maybe a little more, uh, I guess, of a prince presence, you know, on this show. But, you know, going through his history, he sort of has always done things like this where he doesn't really show up or, you know, he sends Cat or whoever to, to do these announcements. So I wasn't totally surprised that he wasn't there. Yes, what I, w- I would want him to be there myself or maybe even perform. You would think that would make sense. But again, Prince does things a lot different in his marketing than other people. Um, Sean Hill, what would you think? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this by saying uh, get get off my lawn because I'm about to sound like the old guy here. Um, the, the the biggest thing that I'm excited about about this project is that it comes out on my birthday. That that's basically it. There are a couple of things that uh, you guys have already echoed. Some of the songs that are missing, uh, "Fall in Love Tonight's missing, "Groovy Potentials" missing, uh, "Boyfriend," uh, "Ain't Gonna Miss You When You're Gone," "Same Page, Different Book." Uh, there's a, there's quite a few songs that have been floating around that are missing. I think the biggest problem for me is the whole pre-order, pre-digital thing. I I'm new, I'm from the old school. I just want to can I just go to the store? Can I just pick it up 
on the day that it comes out. I've already pre-ordered both, but when am I getting my CDs? That's just, you know, I, I you know, I'm, I guess I'm going to be getting the digital download that day, but I want the book. I want the physical CD. If there's a booklet, I want it. I want the artwork. I want to put it on my shelf. I don't want to have to wait for it to come in the mail. Uh, I don't like the fact that there's two separate, I had to do two separate orders. I couldn't order them both together. Had to go to third eye, uh, was plectrum, electrum.thirdeyegirl.com to order that one. And then had to go to the Warner Brothers site to order that one. Why not just have one site, one host, order them together, boom, you're done. Um, I, I am excited to hear the music. Of course, the songs that we haven't heard. Curious to see what direction the Prince album is going to go in. We, we kind of know the Third Eye Girl material is going to be heavy on rock. So I'm not too excited about that one. But I'm just kind of curious because since he has been all over the map, uh, what the past maybe what three four years see what kind of musical direction that uh, that he's going to take so there goes my rant you know this you said something that's interesting and we talked about the different websites to order stuff and i'm just wanted to get clarification i first i just wanted to make sure and see that uh plectrum electrum is actually being released by warner brothers and i, I guess it is um because that could kind of explain why they may not have that on their website if they don't. But maybe they, it's just the different websites. You know, in terms of the pre-orders and sales. Now, I didn't pre-order this. And not that I don't support this stuff. And not that I'm not excited about it. But it sort of speaks to where we're at with uh, music downloads and, and, and music purchasing. And there's an a article that just came out last week on Billboard. Uh, Billboard.com. And it's about you know, album sales right now at an all-time low. And a lot of that has to do with streaming services. You know, they started becoming very popular, uh, which is affecting retail and different things. And even with this case, with the clouds and Plectrum Electrum, you know, when you go to pre-order them, you get those two songs. But when I went on to my, uh, you know, I use a streaming service. You know, I always talk about Google Play. When I went on to my Google Play thing, you know, where all my music is at, those two songs was already on there for me. And I didn't buy them or anything. And I, so I don't have any need to buy them. Like, so I can only imagine, you know, and I'm sure the day that those albums come out, they're going to be sitting right there in my library <laughs> ready to go, right? And I didn't have to pay a dime. I, mean, I pay my little $10 a month to Google, but that's for everything. So I can only imagine how these stores, these types of services, Pandora, Spotify, really could cut into... Uh, album sales in general and in particularly Prince like you know I think the highest number one album last week was uh, Wiz Khalifa and he did like 90,000 copies that's considered you know that was the top seller which is that's ridiculously low right and he's out there so I can only imagine where Prince would probably fall in another month when this thing comes out uh, it's not gonna, it's not going to be a big seller right so maybe the pre-order thing is just an opportunity to try and get whatever you can get now, you know, because uh, 30 days from now, whatever, unless he does something in the media again to get the attention, it'll be out of your it'll be out of most people's mind like that even that it even came out. Yeah, there's no video for Cloud, you know, that the song is and eh. so. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's going to be I mean, just like the whole, you know, we talked about the whole uh, um, new girl thing, you know, where 
he should have had that single ready as soon as that show ended should have gone been able to go to iTunes and download it you know didn't happen whatever exposure whatever you know new fan he may have gained from his appearance was gone hey I can't find the song okay well I'm over it yeah I mean and he's you know we talk about like this so this breakfast can wait the uh, breakdown was released a little while ago all these, these he's been putting out singles uh and they haven't made big splashes. I think Breakfast Can Wait did get some good radio play. It was, the, you know, the video. They had the whole thing with the girl looking like him. And that, that was kind of cool. It was on Arsenio. But the breakdown sort of went unnoticed. Rock and Roll Love Affair. He was on, I think, Jimmy Kimmel. But none of them were, like, super sellers, right? The songs didn't break past pretty much the Prince world. So I'd be curious to see, you know, what Clouds does, if it does anything. Um Plectrum, Electrum songs, the same thing. To me, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm fine. Just put the music out, and at least we can enjoy it. But I would imagine his primary financial focus is got to be on these concerts. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, without a doubt. And and I and and it's interesting that Warner Brothers, after all the hubba of you know you want to flood the market and you know let's cut down sign the times. The very next thing he put, you know, he finally is back with them, and they allow him to put out two albums at the exact same time on the same day. <laughs> you know, it kind of goes to show where the industry is at this point, where they would just be like, you know what, sure, whatever. Uh, but if you think about it, he, I mean, this is his first release since uh, I technically, I, I guess, Lotus Flower, although I guess maybe you could count 2010. So is he's not really flooding the market per se because it's been almost four years since five years, if you count Lotus Flower, since his last album, which is the biggest gap uh, in his career. Well, true, but in terms of, you know, it obviously wouldn't. To me, it doesn't. It makes little sense to put out two albums on the same day especially if you're not the big seller type of guy i, could, under, I could understand not, beyonce yeah. or somebody because they're gonna sell but you, you again for the hardcore people like us we buying both of them on the rip oh yeah of course no, no doubt about it now to the people that don't know nothing about all the third eye girl and all that they don't even they're not gonna buy that they don't. oh prince album yeah i'm gonna get that if they buy a prince album that's if they even buy an album Right. Yeah, I'll probably get the Prince album, but ain't no way in hell I'm spending this much money to get two. You know what I mean? Like, why would they do that? So well, again, I, I, I get. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think a lot of it is reminiscent of the comic book industry back in the '90s, where you had Spawn and X-Men and that Spider-Man book selling millions of number one issues. Uh, the record industry as a whole isn't doing that anymore, like you guys said. You know, the days of the opening weekend of selling half a million units is over because of the streaming services and other things. Now, I think a, a, a legacy act, I hate to say that phrase, but a legacy act with like a Prince or a Springsteen or Madonna or people like that who've got an audience built in, they're going to make their money on their sales. But I believe the days of like the quadruple platinum, you know, especially for an album, that's, that's kind of behind us now, unfortunately. Yeah, last week alone, I got this numbers here. Last week, there was 3.97 million albums that was sold. And that's, it says that's the smallest weekly sum for album sales since SoundsCan began in 91. Uh, it's also the first time weekly sales have fallen below 4 million in that time span. Um, so again, if you just kind of 
ghettoize the math. I could imagine Plectrum Electrum uh, first week probably going to be less than 10,000 copies. Right? If you got two competing records from the same person, plus you're competing with everything else that's out there, and, and again, if you take what was the top seller for last week, it was 90,000. It's probably not going to be bigger than 90,000. Especially if you got to split the audience between two. They ain't going to buy both of them. Which, which leads to my other question. I wonder why they didn't bundle them. Just, you know, if you a good want, question. you know, have, have both. That may be, it could be Prince's kind of slick way of saying, well, I know the numbers will be slow. So maybe I might get more if I have two separate things and I can count them as each one as a sale. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, thinking out, out loud. But maybe he's like, well, if I got the Prince album, that, okay, that might get me 10,000. 20,000 copies if I can edge out another you know 5,000 10,000 copies of this one then I can say I had you know this big number overall or something I, I don't know yeah no I mean I'm just looking at it just just from a convenience standpoint I I just would have the, the I, you know I'm on the internet enough at work <laughs> you know doing non-work stuff like the less time I can spend the better I just want to go buy the, buy the shit and get off you know done i don't want to go here all right now i gotta go to this website i gotta re-enter all the credit card info and all that i mean just just make it easy for you know for people we talked about the website how how you know it's the three rd you know people are going to be trying to figure out how to even get to the website yeah you know right. <laughs> you know so just just you know prince.com whoever whoever owns it buy it <laughs> and, and just put everything on there all right, what do you guys think of, uh, some, we talked about Clouds, the, the song. You know, I guess that's sort of the, the, the single, if you, if you can even call it that now, to sort of entice you to want to buy the record. Um, what do you think, as a Prince fan, what do you think about that song? And then, you know, I want to know, too, what do you think in the minds of a contemporary sort of mainstream person who would hear this? Uh, and, Pooley, can you, you can answer that? Your deal, your deal. Well, as a, as a Prince fan, I, I, I immediately enjoy the instrumentation, the, the the music itself. It definitely sounds good. It's, it's I wouldn't say it's contemporary, but it's it's in line with a lot of some of the current stars, like Pharrell, like Justin Timberlake, that they're put out in the sense of they're doing this old school, um, this retro sounding music. Lyrically, it leaves a little to be desired. Again, I probably have to hear it. Uh, three or four more times to really say, okay, I get the song. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it. I don't think it's going to resonate with with today's current audience. To to an older audience, thirty five and older, I think it definitely they'll they'll enjoy the song. They they can probably like it. But you know, for that that sweet spot of fifteen to twenty eight year olds, mm, probably not so much unless. Unless you get Justin Timberlake or Pharrell on the track, which would be blasphemous. <laughs> All right. Uh, Big Sexy, what do you think? You know, I want to co-sign that. The days of uh, Prince or anybody in our age demographic hitting that 15 to 28 demographic, that's, that's over. That's just not going to happen. And anybody trying to chase that or court that demographic, and this could be Prince, this could be Springsteen, it could be anybody, if you openly try to court that demographic at this age, you're going to look like a perp, and that's not cool. Now, having said that, 
a lot of younger people have discovered his music through you know parents and friends and whatnot. And if they discover it organically, even though it's not geared at them and they've got enough maturity and sense of music musicianship well, themselves to discover it, that's great. But if he thinks he's going to get on like the Hot 97 or Hot whatever the fuck radio station is with all these young teeny bops, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Now, having said that, I think the song was crafted and produced very well. I enjoyed the sound of it. It's only streaming, so I really fired it up on my um, my main stereo in the living room. But it sounds great on my on my desktop, and you know, I don't. There was a question posed, I think, by you, Mike, on Facebook. You know, is this the best song in the album? You know, that's too soon to say. We haven't heard the rest of the stuff, but it's not bad by any stretch. I mean, I'm sure he can do better, and I'm sure there's better on the albums. But this is okay. I mean, I want to hear it a few more times, but it's okay. I, I don't dislike it. All right, Sean Hill. Um, for me, I don't know. As as a Prince fan, the song is kind of a yawner for me. I I hear the the Lynn drums at the beginning. You know, I hear the layered vocals, and it's almost like okay, I've I've heard this before. I've I've been there before. It, it, and he, you know, he's talking about it, more of his songs now, more kind of topical than whimsical. And I and I think that that is something that's really missing from from his music these days. Seems like he's always trying to say something whereas in the past he was just being i hate to use this term but just being prince just being free just being saying whatever he wants i was listening to the song in the car the other day and i i was just i was almost numb to it and and as soon as that song ended uh girls and boys came on and and then just this perk of energy just shot through my body I'm like this is the kind of stuff that i miss just just fun, just, you know, unique sounding, um, you know, just something to kind of, you know, I don't say get your groove on because that's a stupid term, but I don't know. It, it, there was just nothing really, <laughs> there was nothing really interesting to me about the song. I mean, it's, it's a classic print sound, but that's not good enough anymore for me, at least to, to really get me excited about it. All right. Um, <clears throat> When I initially heard it, like I am with a lot of Prince songs, I was kind of like, eh. It, again, it, he sort of has an effect on me where my expectations are so high. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes they are not necessarily met in the way that I wanted them to be, which is fine. You know, a part of me, you know, is also to say I'm over it in terms of I, I understand where he's at right now. And it's not necessarily fair to me to expect him to... Uh, make me feel the way I felt when, say, I heard Girls and Boys. And then I also understand from me personally, anybody else, that I have a lot of nostalgic sort of feelings associated with a lot of these songs, too, which is impossible to have with newer music. Unless unless you give it time. But let me just finish. So my thought of this song is the more I have listened to it, I'm really starting to like it. Um, Again, I am in the mindset of a, a longtime Prince fan who has... Okay, I'm. He's not. This is not the '80s, or this is not those eras. This is now, and this is how he sounds. This to me sounds uh, like it could have been on 2010, which I liked some of the songs, a lot of the songs in there, and albums that were before that. You know, musicology and different things. So it all sort of sounds like the same guy to me. It's just that again, my expectation 
is that I wanted him to be like you said, do something I ain't never heard before. Well, he's giving me some good R and B. You know, when I heard when I hear this when it first starts to I'm like that okay, where's Bootsy? Like you know, so it brings some so I'm like I'm really starting to like it. To the 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 beat of it and the time of the song slows down a little bit when he's singing the uh, the verses because it doesn't have all the t- 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 you know and I was like it kind of drags a little bit there but once he kicks into the choruses and stuff I, I I'm I'm like I feel this it reminds me um, I could play this right along with Sticky Like Glue you know sort of very similar uh, feel to it. The only question I have are songs like this. Like, I will, I will like some of these new songs. And I was also, I'm just going to throw it in there. I was listening to Breakfast Can Wait again before we started here because it's on the album. And I like that, too. I was like, I hadn't listened to it in a while, but I, I'm like, I like this kind of shit. I was like, okay, you know, 56-year-old brother is still doing r I can respect that. I'm like, good. Somebody's giving that to me. My only core question is, I need to see it on the stage bro i need to see him perform these <laughs> songs and i hope that you know we can get into this i hope that this artificial age we see some of this live and hopefully it doesn't fall into the trap of some of the other albums where you don't ever hear him do these songs i love third eye girl and he's going hard on the you know just the smaller band and but i need them to be able to play and I haven't really heard that kind of feel come out of that in a while. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, that's my opinion of the song. So I, I like the song. It's cool. I'm curious that one does he think this is like the strongest thing I can put out that would make you want to buy this record. That, that's a little curious to me. But uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to offer a rebuttal to what you were saying. Go ahead. Because uh, when I heard Plectrum Electrum, I was like, damn, that's that song. That is dope. It's dope. Yeah, that, that, that was a killer song. And I, I want to say, uh, not breakfast, breakdown. Breakdown was another one. So it's like he he has the in him where you like go, damn, that that dude can can still put out a good joint. And uh, so I, I think he might have another three or four of those type songs on there. Well, well yeah. I'm and, and again, my other part of the question I'm asking is these are good recorded, but so again, my expectations based off of my history is that when he takes it live, they go into the those songs become even doper. Like whoa. You know, you don't even want to hear the recorded version. So I'm just curious because a lot of these, like we haven't heard Breakfast Can Wait live. I, I haven't. We haven't heard the breakdown live. I don't think I, maybe it's the, I haven't heard a lot of these. I heard Sticky Can Wet, Sticky like Glue live. It was dope. So I'm curious to see, can you translate this to the stage? Because these are cool little songs, but I think they'll even be monsters if they're able to be really fleshed out and done. You know, I think the last time he fleshed out an album and was uh, excited about it and and breathed new life into him was the Rainbow Children, the yeah. One Night Long Tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's really supported an album uh, since then. Maybe Musicology, but really he only did like three songs from from that album during the tour. Um, so I, I agree with you, Mike. I I you know he's you know again. Get off my lawn. I miss the old days where album comes out, tour the 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 tour is the album, and you know with a few hits sprinkled in there uh, from the past. You know those days are long gone. I, I mean that's that's what you got to do. I mean if you're gonna put out an album, support it. You know just don't drop it and expect it to sell because you're Prince. I mean 
well, you, I mean, so the, the question now is, I guess, do you really have to support it if they're not, if it's not being bought anyway? That's that's sort of so that's sort of now like maybe this is why he has not done albums in years because he understands that these things aren't selling. So what's the point of me even doing it? I can make my money doing my shows. That's that's my bread and butter. At this but point. he but even when he puts out an album, he's not and he tours. He's not touring supporting the album. He's just touring. Right. And okay. And we see that's that leads us in before we go into that. I want to talk about that. Uh, Big Sexy, you did say, you were trying to say something earlier. I want to make sure we don't forget. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like when you mentioned about the touring and playing these songs live, I think the problem that he's come across the last 10 years or so is there's there's two groups of people. There's us, then there's the general public. The general public wants to hear all the hits. We want to hear the new stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to try to maintain that balance between us and them. I think the best way, and I don't know if this is practical, but I think the best way to achieve that, like for this project, would be to do a smaller tour in like smaller city or smaller venues and make them expensive as fuck like he did when he was here last time and play the newer stuff. Then go back again, do the stadium tour where you can play the hits and get all that money and then sprinkle in the newer stuff. But that way, because if I go to a show now and I heard the whole new album and a lot of like musicology or 2010, I'd be good or some B-sides, and I didn't hear a Little Red Corvette or Let's Go Crazy appropriate, I would be fine with that. But a lot of the general public, you know, they expect to hear those things, and you know, he's trying to essentially serve two masters, and it, it's hard. And it's not even practical in a lot, of, a lot of cases when you have as many hits as he does. But I, I look back at um, the Live Sexy Tour, and that's where, he, uh, and you can probably look at the One Out Alone, well, maybe not, yeah, One Out Alone as well, and I, I think that Look at Life Sexy. He did a brilliant Love, job. Sexy. Of, well, but it's not called. It wasn't called Life Sexy. No. The the tour. The tour is called the Love Sexy Tour. Oh wow! Okay. The My video card card revoked. Can I see your card? So I gotta cut that. I'm sorry. Well, damn it. That's the problem with getting bootlegs. <laughs> but with the Love Sexy tour, he it was it was brilliant how he weaved the new material into the into the overall uh, tour set list. So I think that it can be done again, especially if he chooses the right songs. Uh, musicology, it was ridiculous. He had some really good songs that he could have played out live. Call my name. Some people said that was one of the best ballads of the last fifteen years that he did. Um, if I was the man of your life. Uh, the Marion Kai reflection. And it, it was just like ridiculous. He didn't play those live. But I mean, was, is it just the case of him uh, not being confident in the new material or worried that the crowd might not be receptive to it? Well, well, you brought up the love sex and, and that's sort of like an exception. That's in the heyday of Prince. And that's sort of at the end of the heyday in terms of Good point. that show. The first half of that show starts with, you know, it was a thematic sort of thing. And those songs are thrown in there, but he threw in a lot of hits. If you actually go through, there's a lot of hit Latin through there. He was giving you the prints that you think you know, and then at the second part, here's some the new prints kind of outlook, which sprinkles some of the hits in there as well. So I think that's a little different. And at that point, he wins the he wins regardless of whatever the hell he does. He, he and, was the man at that point, right? And and uh, one thing just to kind of correct you on a little bit, uh, and he did. Uh, add call my name to the set list towards the uh towards the end of the tour 
uh, I know when I saw it, I saw the opener uh, at Staples, and uh, it wasn't part of the set list at the time. Uh, the only songs that he did were Musicology, uh, Life of the Party, and uh, uh, On the Couch were the only songs that he did. And even Life of the Party was totally different. It was the James Brown backbeat with that. Right. And uh, On the Couch was during the uh, uh, guitar uh, solo medley. So, um, but yeah, he, but he did end up adding that to the set list. So let, let's talk about... Uh... The, the live show, because uh, this comes up in something else that came up this week. Uh, Andre 3000 uh, had an interview, I believe, with Rolling Stone magazine or the website. And he is talking about a lot of different things. And he ended up talking about uh, the very sort of uh, not good, perf- excuse me, Culturella performance of Outcast. And I don't know if you, you know, had saw that performance. It was live stream. That's how I watched it. But during the portion when Andre does his solo stuff from the Love Below, he even makes mention while he's on stage that Prince is at the side of the stage. Like he's like one of my idols is standing over there. It was a unfortunately it was a horrible performance by him. <laughs> so yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, so he gives this sort of uh, answer to one of the questions about the Culturella. He says, um, "Excuse me, I'm just going to read what I have here." He tells the New York Times. It's the New York Times. I'm sorry. He says, um, "I kind of fluffed through rehearsals." And a few hours before the Culturella's show, I got a message that Prince and Paul McCartney are going to be there. Uh, he says, my spirit is not right and idols are standing, standing side stage. So as the show started, I'm bummed. This is horrible. In my mind, I, already, I was already gone to my hotel room halfway through. He's referring to the set. Then he says, two days after the show, he receives a phone call from Prince who set him straight. It says, uh, he recalls, it was my first time actually talking to Prince, he said. Uh, Prince is quoted as saying, when you come back, people want to be wowed. And, th- and what's the best way to wow people? Just give them the hits. And then he also says, uh, he says he broke it down like this. You're a grown man. You're either going to do it or you're not. So sort of Prince's advice to him is, you know, yo, give the people what they want. They want to hear the hits. You're doing a big show. You know they must be entertained, so give them the. I I sort of I, I agree with that, but again, it sort of goes against what we also want as the hardcore fan base. We want to be entertained by the new stuff. We want to we want to be wild again or know? rare stuff. Or, yeah, something we haven't really heard before, or seen them do before. But you know, I guess for him, you know, I got this kind of core group of people, and then I've got these huge group of people that are the ones buying these you know stadium stadium arena tickets that I have to service and, you know, I have to, you know, show them what they want to see. So hence we have these greatest hits shows that Aladdin with hits. Um, so I, we, we sort of talked about this and I think we were asking, hopefully you guys had um, created a set list of what you would think Prince could do to wow, I guess the general audience. Right. So I'm going to do mine real quick and then we'll, we'll kind of go around. So this is a, let me be clear, this is a set list created by a hardcore fan, all right? But with the intention of you could play this and the general public who could be older fans who just sort of, you know, randomly buy records and they know who you are to people who kind of coming for the first time. So here's my list. I'm going to start at the top. And this is how I will start my show. <laughs> all right, first song, I Want to Be a Lover. You know, 
Second, Wind Doves Cry. Uh, Little Red Corvette. Uh, Raspberry Beret. So those first four songs, just starting it off on a very high point, songs that people know the words to and would sing along and feel good and just like, oh, this is Prince, right? Goddamn. And I put I Want to Be a Lover in there because you don't really get to hear that song perform live as much. I just think that'd be a great way to start because that's a great freaking song. Anyway, I would slow it down. He would come back. He would do Adore. And let me say this to be clear. These songs that I'm saying, I'm saying it's the full songs. It's not the little snippets. The snippets. These are the <laughs> songs, right? So Adore. That's a song a lot of people know. It's a great slow song. It hasn't really, doesn't get the proper, you know, performance due. So here's Adore. Come back. Pop Life. Full song of Pop Life. It's a great song. All right. Next, uh, seven seven ninety three eleven. So they sort of established that, yeah, I'm a songwriter too. And yeah, you've heard that song, you know. Yeah, let me. And you can play the bass and just funk it out. Play the whole shot. Could be an ill jam. That would close out a set. The next part is acoustic. Uh, so I would have him come back acoustic if I was your girlfriend on a guitar. So now, I don't know if he's ever done that acoustic on a guitar. So that would give a little bit to us. But it's a point that's a song everybody knows. And it's a dope track. That would be filthy. <laughs> All right. Next up, I throw in a newer track because I'm assuming it would be now. He would have a new album out. Acoustic version of Breakfast Can Wait. Okay, whatever. Goes to the piano and does Free. This is 1999. Song's a great song. And then finishes out that set back to the acoustic guitar and does When You Were Mine. All right. Now, that part is over. Comes back around and kind of finishing out here. So next time he would come back and do another sort of a rare but old track. I would have him do Private Joy. It's a little expand them a little bit to say, oh, sh- here's one you don't really you probably don't really know. But it's got that old Prince feel that they would easily like, damn, this is this, you know, this is the shit. So I do Private Joy. Finish that out with Uptown. You know, so he's on the guitar. You get to get the, the rock element and still, you know, that finish. Uptown. Da, 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 da. Finishes it out. Thank you. Good night. Right. So here's the finale. Finale comes back. It's the time with Jungle Love. You know, going to boom. Oh, time's it. Yes. And then the time and Prince go into my summertime thing shut it down <laughs> <laughs> right you ain't never heard them do that song live now i know the song would kill because i don't know if you've seen there's a performance of d'angelo yeah, eric lee's and quest love they shut it down with that so i know these brothers would tear that song apart it would be great all right thank you good night but again this is for the people this is a super hit show so he's not gonna leave this place without doing purple rain Come back out, slam, bam, purple rain, solo, all that, you know, hands in the air, light as in the air, you know, finally, good, good, thank you, thank you, good night, and then that last little encore uh, to take it back to what most of those people are going to know him from as well, he finished it out with Baby, I'm a Star.
and finish it just like the movie, you know. Do, do, do. And that whole, and, and that'd be it. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good one. So that that would be my playlist. I think that would be like give everybody what they love. You walk out of there feeling like, God damn, that Prince man, fucking legend. You know, he did, and, and it's not like he did all the songs, but he did enough of them that you felt like, man, I, I heard all those cuts. And even Baby I'm a Star, it would leave you on such a high point. You would still want some more, but that's how you leave them. You leave them wanting more, right? And hopefully they'd be satisfied. So that that would be my list. Um, Aunt Pooh, do you have a set list? Hello, Aunt Pooh. Okay. Yes, I do, sir. Sorry, right. I had that on mute. <laughs> right. And I'm going to give a little context because I want to put where, where I'm thinking with some of these songs. So mm-hmm. uh, I hate to do it, but yeah, we're going to start with Let's Go Crazy. But we're going to go with the Live Out Loud tour version, which to me has been is the best live performance of that song ever. Then we're going to slow it down with Little Red Corvette. And then we're going to do a song that he ain't did in a long time. But I know he can rock this live because I remember the Love Sexy Tour. We're going to go to Erotic City. Mm. Then we're going to cut into Housequake. Then we're going to do a, a little hybrid mix. We're going to go Let's Work into DMSR, which that, you know, that bass, that little chicken grease bit, that chicken grease uh, mm-hmm. uh, guitar solo that he does. That's going to uh, segue into... Uh, Bat Dance. And y'all know what part I'm talking about. The Vicky Vale part, right? right. Secure. Yeah. Secure. Secure. Come on, the <laughs> All right. He's from, he's from South Central. Come on. Man, come on. I ain't got to do the young end like that. <laughs> then we're going to get She's Always in My Hair. You know, that that's a that's a track that, that works well. Mm-hmm. I saw him do it on Live Out Loud Tour. It was great. Pop Life. Then we're going to go old school with I Want to Be Your Lover. Segue, is that, is that the right pronunciation? Segway. 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 Whatever. Segway. Into... I'm going to get clowned in. I messed up. You're going to do I Want to Be Your Lover, Segway into Head. Now, this is my list. I don't care what Prince. I'm like, Prince, you're going to go on out there, anime, and do that. Wow. <laughs> then we're going to slow it down to Piano Medley, Do Me Baby, Diamonds and Pearls. Most beautiful girl in the world. How come you don't call me anymore? Mm. Nothing compares to you. And then a medley of uh, adore, scandalous, insatiable. Our first, yeah, our first encore is gonna be Sign of the Times, Baby I'm a Star, Kiss, a little newer song with guitar. Then we're gonna slow it down into Purple Rain and 1999. You know, from that love sexy combo. And our encore is gonna be a beautiful night. Yeah, we can close it out on something funky. <laughs> All right, I could dig that. All right, uh, Sean Hill, what's, what's your... Uh, I, I didn't do a, a formal list, but uh, I, I said that there are songs that, that are must include. And uh, unlike Ant, I would start also with Let's Go Crazy, but I would do the traditional uh, Purple Rain, Let's Go Crazy, coming up from the bottom of the stage with the dry ice, the, the whole nine yards. Uh, run from that, uh, jump into uh, something else, rock. Uh, I would jump into Computer Blue. I mean, that's the song I've been dying to hear uh, since since Purple Rain. I mean, he hasn't really done it. He's done it with Najee. Um, some other must-have, 17 Days, uh, Shockadelica. Uh, Mike, you mentioned The Door. I would go with The Door. Uh, Joy and Repetition. 
Uh, and then I'd let him get his spiritual side out. Uh, still with Stan all time. Pump that one out because he's never really done that one uh, in a proper form. Um, and then I'd go uh, just go to the end. Uh, DMSR, close out DMSR. Uh, well, Purple Rain, DMSR, party up, baby, I'm a star. Shut it down. All right, all right. Um, <clears throat> Big Sexy, did you have a, a list at all? I know you're on the road. Yeah, I got a, I got a little bit of a list. I don't have you know the full thing fleshed out in front of me because I'm you know, grinding. But I would kick it off with "Let's Work," and I mean the way Ooh. he kicked it off when he was on the Sinbad show that one time. He blew it up. That way, you got the energy hot, hot. Everybody's j- dancing. Let's go. From that, 1999. From that, let's go crazy. That way, you get two big hits out of the way, out of the way. Then we bring it down half a step and go back to the catalog. Uh-huh. Dirty Mind, Uptown, and then we do something new, you know, like Plectrum Electrum or something, you know, different, you know, something not, you know, quote unquote, a hit, something that he wants to do, something like he likes doing. And then we slow it down and we'll transition from the up-tempo to the slow stuff with When You Were Mine, because I haven't heard that in years. And that used to be a, song, a constant staple with him. And then we go to the Mac vibe. We go to Adore. We go to Scandalous. We go to Invincible and let the let women throw their draws on the stage. Then the steal from Mike, I want a acoustic set myself. But in this acoustic set, I want to hear Shaka Khan's sweet thing. He, he does a great version of that. Yeah. Great version. Okay. And then a couple of acoustic songs, and then we fire it back up. Then we go to Head. We, but he's not going to say it. Well, he's not going to say it. So we'll take some of the more risque stuff and put it in like a sampler set, like he did when he was in San Francisco. I mean, the minute people heard Nasty Girl start, they lost their minds. Then from there, we go to... I'm sorry, we go to what? I think we're losing him. Yeah, on that road, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You lose me again? God damn it. Yeah, okay, real quickly, you said they was going to go to what now? Cool. Okay, cool, yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. You say cool. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then from there, we slow it down. Purple Rain, we all know what's coming. Let him do his thing. After that, he comes back with Kiss. And the way he did it with um, Larry Graham on the 1999 DVD, or the Raven to the the New Year DVD, where he picks up the eye base and just goes bananas and lets people see, yeah, I can play this too. What's up? And then we shut the show down with Baby I'm a Star. I stole that from you, Mike. I like that. We shut it down with that. Thank you. Good night. Pick up your draws and get up. Get up. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, yeah. So all, I, think, I like I like bits and pieces of all of those. I think we all sort of have we understand like what would be those songs that would get the people going. And yeah, that '80s catalog is is ridiculous. I mean, that's a that's a couple careers unto itself uh, that could be done. So it's almost as if no concert he could do would he be able to pack in all of all those, the hits you, yeah. you know all those songs so either way he's still gonna miss something but yeah i mean and and then you know to be fair that's pretty much what he's doing now <laughs> he's doing these hit latin concerts uh and we understand why and uh you know he as we've said many times he's in a different uh realm or in his career where it's not about the music sales. It is all about the performance. And he's a great performer. So, you know, yeah. Is he 
Does he need to appease the the larger audience? Of course. You know, it's a business. He, you know, he needs to be able to do these arena shows. And the fact that, you know, his contemporaries aren't doing these shows. I mean, you can argue that, yeah, there's a Madonna made tour once in a while. Uh, Springsteen does shows, I'm sure. But in terms of Prince's, where he came up with, those people aren't even around putting out music per se, really. You know, unfortunately, Zap has passed away. Uh, you know, uh, Rick James is in here. Uh, the Time does the smaller stuff, right? They're, they're, you know, somewhat of a Chitlin type circuit, you know, the casino crowd thing. You know what I'm saying? There's that, that level. Prince isn't on that level. He's on the level of, you know, who the big guys, you know, the Beyonce's and uh, Usher, you know, these guys that are, you would quote unquote say are super relevant right now because they appeal to the marketplace. But Prince is on that, though, this is the legend dude. Like, you, you go see that. He's going to put on a good show. It's worth paying the $60, $70 to see his show you're not going to see him at the casino you know and Keith Sweat was playing there last week no he's at <laughs> he's at the you know the big big spot or if he's doing this smaller show them tickets is like $200 you know what I mean like right. he's on a different realm with it which is great so when he's on that level yeah it has to be a little different one, one thing too and I, I know we're probably getting a little long here but um, arrangements are I think very important um, for me. Like, let's take Kiss for example. I, I don't. I never have thought that that song has really worked live, even during the parade tour. But I, I think it, the uh, the new the new tour configuration is probably the best. That or the the love sex. I, I would say our our Arsenio Hall performance was the best to me. So that that, that was ninety ninety one diamonds and pearls. Yeah, they, the diamonds they, and pearls they tour killed that version um uh, i don't particularly care for that arrangement of it but i could see i i could see how you would could say that that's a good one but i me personally i don't like it um but i i just think that a lot of times with the songs especially the older songs it's the arrangement sometimes that that can make them fresh uh the, the let's go crazy you know reboot or re whatever it's called i mean that Although again, I don't particularly like it that much. I still I like the urgency of the original. I like the fact that he was able to breathe new life into that song. It it doesn't sound like the same old you know song, and I think that's part of it. If he's if he's able to do that with a lot of these hits, um, when doves cry, take me with you, uh, raspberry beret, you know the if he can somehow infuse keep the essence of it, but at the same time breathe some new life into it i think that that would even satisfy us um you know old fans as us, us, us you know gray-haired fans so to speak i mean again i don't particularly care for the the new let's go crazy but if i was to hear that in a live setting i'd probably lose my mind <laughs> you know because it's something that i haven't although it's a song i've heard a trillion times i haven't heard it done in this way I, yeah i i i don't I, I like the the new Let's Go Crazy, but I prefer the original. Like no, I prefer the original too. I'm just saying. I, I but. think to a, to people who don't, who aren't super fans, I think they would hear that and be like, "That's." They may say that's kind of cool, but I want to hear the way <laughs> that is done. It's almost to me like if I want to go see, um, example Stevie Wonder, and 
he got hits, right? I'm not yeah. I'm not even hardcore Stevie Wonder, but I do have like the hits. <laughs> like I know I want to hear those songs. Like yeah. nigga, don't get up there playing around. And so <laughs> to me, it's the same way with Prince. If I was just like a regular person, man, I'm not paying here to see to hear uh, "Let's Go Crazy" and it sound like some rock or some crazy shit. Nigga, I want to hear the damn song. So I would be actually probably mad if he was to change the songs and they didn't sound anything like what I paid my money to hear. I see to me as a hardcore fan, I can appreciate why he's doing third eye girl. And yeah, that's cool. But I know like, I hate to say it, but okay, that's cool. Now let's get back to, you know, what it is. Like, I don't want to 84. Yeah. I don't want (laughs) to hear just like I said, if it was somebody else, I would, that's how I would feel about it. Like I said, if it was Stevie and, if I want to hear that girl thinks that she's so fine, you know, and he's up, and he did it as a jazz standard style. I'd be like, hold the fuck, hold up, partner. Like, well, see, come I on, think, man. And, and, and I think that that's a great distinction because for me, I've seen Prince live. I don't know how, uh, 14, 15, I don't, I've lost count. So I, I've heard those versions enough. See, I'm ready for something new. And with uh, fans that haven't seen them live as much as I have and, and have some of the live stuff in collection, they want to hear 1984, Take Me With You, you know, 1984 or, you know, Little Red Corvette. On, play, play the record, you know, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't, cha- don't change no lyrics, you know. Even I remember when I went, when the Musicology Tour, uh, when he switched around the lyrics to DMSR, I was around these people that were, you know, trying to sing along. And you know when he's changing the lyrics, like what the hell is he saying? That's not the song. Sing the song. They mm-hmm. were like, they mm-hmm. were mad. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he comes out and instead of doing a door as a slow song, he does it as a rap. <laughs> you'd be like, hell no, nah. I don't care how good it sounds. I want to, goddamn, I want to hear a door. So that's how I feel about these. Like I said, it's cool in the context of me seeing it, the third eye girl sort of show thing. But let's you know, let's be clear. <laughs> I want, I mean, personally, if it was up to me, nigga, play it like it is on the movie, the 12 inch. I want to hear all that. <laughs> That's when you have my, then you can thrill me. And I'll be like, whoa. So, but, uh, you know. I know, I was kind of, yeah. um, go ahead, Ant. No, I was going to say, I, it, 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 I'm still kind of disappointed that he's never done the full. Uh, let's go crazy. I know he he uh, he mixes it in with delir- delirious, but yeah, no, the- I want the full. I want all of that. I want the the hand shaking. All I want him going up and down with the guitar. I want all of that. <laughs> I really wish he would play that the damn song all the way through. Yeah, you know the the parts, the times when I loved when he changed things. You know, I I think back to like Parade and Sign of Time. It's like when you heard. The album versions, he changed it, but he didn't like change the essence of the song. It was like he had more time to really develop the song, and they kept playing it enough where they added in parts and made the song even better. So maybe right. there was a whole different horn arrangement by Eric Leeds in the song that was like, oh, how come that's not on the record? You know, those are the types of things that I miss, not just the whole sort of revamp the music, but take those songs and slightly change the arrangement to make them better. No, I think you're talking about a new position, right? New position. Remember another hole in your head? 
like on the video oh, yes. and the, the horns yes. came in and, it, and then it was on the record on the 12 inch but i'm like that's oh, the man. kind of shit i'm saying or or mountains or any of those songs even um erotic city you know from that birthday show you hear that i'm like they sped the tempo up just a little bit and had a little rock guitar in it but it was still the same song but it was even better you know because i i think you guys when we did this sign of the times kind of album review i i had even said some of there's i think two songs that i used the the movie version and i replaced the album version i know right. slow love is one yes i don't even have the studio version the the uh, live version is now my and there was one more and i cannot think of it right now but um but yeah i mean those arrangements on that tour and, and even the parade tour the the arrangements were so good and and maybe that was just because they, you know, had kind of been working together for, well, I guess not the sign of the Tom's band, but, um, but at least, uh, I think, you know, he knew that material and had faith in it enough to, to give it just that enough kick and spin, you know, like I love playing the sunshine, the album version, love it. But the, the movie version is just 10 times better. I mean, I haven't replaced it, but it is so much more liver and uh, pardon the pun than than the uh, than the album version. Even like uh, if I was your girlfriend, I, I mean, I love the album version, but when they did that in the movie, I was like, damn. The the thing with that that bass, that Levi's bass throughout that throughout the song, I think is the kicker for uh, the live version because this bass goes all the way. Bam, <laughs> it goes all the way through that, and I think that just that is just the icing on the cake. And then those horns, those horn yeah. arrangements at the end, yeah. When he's bringing up the heart and all that, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Lastly, uh, just real quick, remember, and, and it's funny we keep going back to this particular performance, but I remember like uh, when they do the really quick version of Little Red Corvette, <laughs> which is really kind of difficult. oh yeah, but that yeah. was that, dope as hell. Like, I was yes, like, it Damn. was. <laughs> that I, is. The- that that song is a part of my regular playlist that I, I when I go to parties and stuff like that I, I play that and people love it. Well, where'd you get that? Where's that from? Like, yeah, that's from the movie. What movie? Then I tell them, mm-hmm. hey, you know. So that's if you want to want to hook a Prince fan or an old Prince fan, <laughs> play that for them. Play that little minute 30, 30 second snippet. They'll be back in the fold. <laughs> yeah, the the one he did for um, uh, the twenty one nights in L A. and uh, the Live Out Loud tour is close to as good as that Sign of the Times version he did for Little Red Corvette. Okay. Oh, that's another one. I, I totally, thanks, Sam, for bringing that up. That's another song that he kind of reworked and revamped and made it new. He kept the essence of it because I love that that with that guitar at the beginning, that thing, and just how it slowed down, but you still got that part. And then the chorus is the actual, you know, is the album version for the most part. But then for the verses, they're slowed down. I say, again, that's what I like. An old song we've heard a thousand times, but just just rearrange it, give it some new life. And I thoroughly enjoyed that version. I've, I played that one for other people, too, and they really like that one, that, that version as well. All right. Well, I'm sorry, real quick, to bring it back to um, the album sales, something that I, I've kind of always thought about, uh, what do you think about uh, Prince doing pulling a Quincy Jones slash Santana and like maybe having new material and getting some of today's contemporary artists like no <laughs> no 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 obviously you haven't heard the 1999 the new master right <laughs> no 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 I'm not saying the I'm not okay. saying his older material I'm talking oh. about new material like like if what if he'd had uh 
what if he had um um let's say uh Janelle Monet doing um Fix Your Life Up? No. Well, I mean, they do a song together on her album. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, he 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 clearly he can definitely put together some music. He can put together instrumentation, but I guess being the front person to sell albums is the maybe those days are gone but if he hooked up with let's say a lord a uh um uh janelle monet erica badu uh beyonce well beyonce he definitely would get the album sell is that something that he could do because he he can still write songs he can still play the music but he's only going to get to a certain level with today's uh with today's uh music buyers well, uh, then becomes the worst case of pandering, and that we don't—he's not about that. But, but I mean, if he got people that you can respect him being with, like, even, like a Pharrell, yeah, Pharrell—he's a good guy. He's—he's he's a good, a good. Talking person. about that Pharrell who took the Marvin Gaye song and act like he didn't know it was Marvin Gaye. Is that Pharrell? <laughs> 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 that you talking about? Dude can write though. Come on now. Hey, can't write. I'm just saying, is that that's that's the guy you're talking about? Yeah. Hey, uh, real quick, do we want to? Uh, I've got the uh, the site pulled up where we have uh, people who commented on Cloud. You want to uh, read those real quick? Oh yes, please do. <laughs> All right. So uh, Diana Fitzgerald says that Cloud sounds sounds very familiar, a little too familiar. Uh, Quentin Jones says, uh, listen to it all day. There's something about this track that sounds almost overproduced. As much as I like to love it, there's something almost artificial and forced here. The organic raw power that Prince has had throughout his career almost sounds too tamed and diluted within cloud. And there's more, but I won't read all of it. So shout out to, uh, to those, uh, folks for, commenting and then i had a couple that commented on my page uh uh, jacob dickey says he's digging it and uh lonzo anderson says this is hot so kind of got two two different uh forms there but there we go all right and and real quick and those were people who left us uh notes either on the podcast juice page or on facebook um so we definitely want to hear your comments got really want to just quickly go back to uh Ant's question about would Prince, you know, do sort of this. Uh, I don't know if he's producing the songs, but it's sort of like a duet sort of album. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Uh, I have, a, I would have no expectations that it would be some big seller or anything, but I think it would just be cool. I'd be interested to see how he works with other artists. I think that would be kind of cool. I mean, we have, again, he does have songs with other artists out now. Uh, you know, I bring up the Jan- Janelle Monet one. To me, that song is cool, but I if somebody would have told me that they never told me that Prince was on it and I heard it, I probably wouldn't have necessarily known he was on it either. It just sounds like her normal stuff. It doesn't like when you went back in the days and you was like, that's some Prince or I, I can hear the Prince in this or that's Prince Madonna or you know what I mean? Like his musicianship is and we've talked about this before has changed so much that I would probably not recognize that that would be him on certain things, unless he distinctively sung in the falsetto or something like that. But a lot of it, it sounds like everybody else musically. Like if I didn't know that uh, Clouds was Prince, if, if he didn't sing it, you would have had to tell me he would have produced it. Like I probably wouldn't. Have, maybe I'd have been like, man, that guitar solo kind of sound like 
kind of be something Prince could do, but I would have never assumed that would have been him. Like it oh, just, I would have. That Lynn? Sound, oh, I mean, again, I know anybody can use those sounds. I'll be like, that sounds like, I would say that sounds like some Prince, but I wouldn't think that was him. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I just think like, that... uh, what's that, real quick, the song he had, uh, it was a song, well, Chocolate Box, the song that was the first single that they had before that. Oh, it uh, sounded like it was somebody doing Prince, and I was like, "This actually is Prince." Like, you're gonna see me? Is that the one? Uh, you're never gonna know another like me. I think is what it's called. Oh, oh, it's, oh! That sounded like somebody doing Prince, but that was actually Prince. I was like, "It just sounds like it's like okay, you gotta have this check. You, you gotta have that check." <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah. I, that's what we were talking about earlier. I don't know. Even even that. I, I just hear and maybe just because and I've I've just heard enough oh not enough a lot of uh you know of his different variations of the Lynn programming but to me that just sounds like a Prince Lynn programming how Prince would program a Lynn drum and maybe maybe we are saying the same thing that it sounds like somebody but that sounds like Prince doing Prince if that makes sense right and he only does that on his records and he's doing you know sad to say he's sort of doing that too. You know, oh here I want to give you that sound, but it's not like organic kind of like he would. He probably wouldn't. He probably be using different drum sounds. Why would he go? You know, I wish somebody would be in the studio with him. Said no, Prince. This is not how you used to sound. <laughs> this well, the, is how you the used interesting to sound. thing is he's got somebody in the studio, with, right? He's not the lone producer on this album, right? Uh, which, but are they? We're not but are get they? Into that. Are they telling him that though? That's oh, who, who knows? <laughs> That's the thing. Are they qualified to tell him? Are you qualified? Well, well, of course. I mean, we're qualified. I would, I would give Prince M- NLPS and say, no, Prince, this is not how you used to sound. I throw on uh, DMSR the first minute of Love Bazaar, uh, and say, and maybe the first minute or so of Erotic City. This is how you used to sound. Not, not this album here. Listen to this. Now, if you could do that again, that would be better than anything on uh, MPLS. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell him to do it again. It's impossible. <laughs> he, he can't do it again, right? That's the problem. I think he's trying to do it again. Well, that's but but it doesn't. But it doesn't even sound like he used to sound. That's what I'm he, saying. Because he can't. There's no way you can sound like that. That'd be then like going to. It? That'd well, be like well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> I think okay. We're saying he's same. got a person in there, but whether he's one prince, obviously, obviously enjoys. And I'm I'm sorry. What's the brother's name? Joshua or something. Dunham, I think. He's the husband of... Uh, oh, Welton. Welton, yeah. He's the co-producer of this album, right? Uh, yeah, he's co-producer. I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I mean, Is he actually producing or is he just being a yes man? Well, it, yeah, he says producing. I, I don't, I'm not surprised. I would not be surprised if he's creating the beats and different things, kind of like Kirky J was producer <laughs> during those eras. And he, he did create some of the stuff. Same with uh, Levi. I mean, he's, he does have these other guys in there with him. Um but, you know, to go back to the point of the Lindrum thing, again, doing it on MPLS sound, because that's sort of the concept of it, I get it. 2012, doing it again. Okay. But now it's just like, he's doing that because that's sort of what you expect Prince to sound like with the drums. Whoa, Mark, can you mute, uh, mute your thing? Oh, up? I, stepped out, I stepped out of the car. Hold on. Oh, so Okay, I'm back in the car. All right. <sighs> So, stretch my legs. <laughs> all right. So with that, I mean, you you kind of yeah, he's giving you the sound that you sort of expect. But again, 
I would prefer him to give us whatever the hell he really wants to do and not like, oh, I have to sort of pander to the expectations of how they how I used to sound. Exactly. What happened to the Rainbow Children guy? What, whatever, yeah. whatever inspired him, I, if, if it was a religious conversion, cool. Maybe he needs another one. Just, just something to inspire him to be more creative. And he could consider like musicology. Yeah. I didn't dislike musicology, but it's no Rainbow Children. That's all that I'm saying. I didn't you have know, the same wild factor. See, the Rainbow Children didn't really wow me. I mean, it was interesting. It was something different, but it didn't wow me, though. It wowed me. I think I re- what really threw me was the was the narrative throughout the whole deep voice. I really couldn't understand it a lot. Yeah, that that well, fortunately for me, when I first heard it, I was at Paisley Park, so I had a booklet that oh, had all. Uh, um, Sorry, <laughs> uh, I had the booklet, so I could, so I could, re- you know, I could read along. So, um, and it was kind of funny little side story. Uh, when the work came on, the work, you know, of course, had already been out at that point. So you see everybody in the room kind of close their books, and they would just kind of groove into the music. And as soon as the song ended, they were like opening up the book, trying to get back to where they were, because <laughs> I know I did the same thing too, because I had heard that song at nauseum at that point. All right, let's. I'm going to get to the last thing we want to talk about, and then we're going to wrap this up here. Um, the other thing that came out this week is, uh, well, actually comes out in a couple of days, is the new book by Sheila E. It's called. Sorry. The book is called "The Beat of My Own Drum: A Memoir," and it is written by uh, Sheila E. and uh, Wendy Holden uh, as a contributor. And Sheila E. did a very interesting uh, interview on the New York Daily News. And it was the story about uh, her being engaged to Prince. And it talks about, uh, like in 1987, apparently on one of the Love Sexy tour, tour dates, he actually asks her to marry him on stage. And she sort of gives some light on onto their relationship that they had sort of off and on relationship throughout the years, which dated well before 87. And, uh, it's just interesting to read, you know, even talks about, uh, even before Prince, she was with, um, Carlos Santana and just a little history on, on her. I want to read this book. The book comes out September the 2nd. I want to, I hopefully it sheds more light on why her and Prince are no longer cool anymore. (laughs) Like, is another thing that is out there. Yeah, I think that has something to do with the whole Twenty One Nights thing. Um, if if memory serves, there was, I think she wanted her her pops to play uh, with them in Oakland because you know, of course, that's kind of where they're from. And I guess he had someone else already booked a play. It was something. Larry Graham. It was it was yeah. Larry Graham. Yeah, there's a whole. Um, I don't have it in front of me. There's an article with some of the brothers. And it's some interview, and the guy's asking him, like, they talk about, yeah, we're going to play this gig with Prince. And, and then we had to turn around because, you know, he uses the word overbooked, but I, probably there was something else going on that he didn't want to get into, which would shed light to when she tweeted about this in 2011, like, I'm not playing with Prince anymore. You know, thank you, blah, blah, blah. But I, but I got to say, I did see her family, her dad, her brothers play in L.A. He, they opened for him when I saw the uh, the um show at the forum they were hot they were they were excellent i mean i wouldn't expect them not to be but and 
surprisingly, they didn't. Uh, it was you know kind of fronted by Sheila, but they played all new stuff and they didn't play any of any of her stuff. And the audience reception was was very well, very good. Um, I they didn't have any they didn't have any CDs on sale there, there at the uh, at the arena, which would have helped because I would have bought one right then. Mm. And yeah, so. But yeah, so FYI. All right, so the book comes out, uh, talks about the relationship. Uh, Aunt Pooh, what, what are your thoughts? Are you going to pick this book up? Uh, no. This. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think this girl is very, very, very delusional. How so? Um, How so? I'm curious. When I, when I, you, I, y'all saw the unsung, right? When she was talking about they were in love and we were, he's like, we were this close and I was his girlfriend. I'm looking like, wait a minute. You do, it's like, Everybody knows that everybody knows about Susanna Melvin. He ain't wrote oh, he ain't wrote nary a song about <laughs> you. But you want to talk about how much in love he Actually, was? He did write songs about her. Which ones? Please like me. Well, let's I mean, you can go back all the way to uh we did a whole show about that uh birthday show from First Avenue. Yeah. And, and he even says her name. <laughs> She's at the show and he's like, This song is for that girl standing right over there. And it was uh noon was it noon rendezvous, which actually, rendezvous yeah and, and she ended up put that was on her album or is it a twelve inch or something I mean so he's obviously written songs about it. Sir, I'm not impressed. Well, you I'm got, just saying he obviously you got this is this is before Susanna even came into the picture. Obviously, he's been dating her before Susanna came around. I mean, I, I just look at the fact that I mean Susan Muncie got what when doves cry. Uh, Susanna Melvon got what uh. If I was your girlfriend and uh, the beautiful ones, I can't think of another one. I mean, hell, uh, Jill Jones got she's always in my hair. Sheila, I'm like, just just accept your position. You was the jump off. You were the jump off. Oh, wow. You were not wifey material. I, I, so you, again, how, you're basing this on the quality of the songs. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Come on, man. <laughs> Damn. We've already pulled your card earlier. So, <laughs> okay, come, come on, Mike. You know good and well you dated some girls that was about some red lobsters, but you didn't had some girls that you knew was about some uh, Ruth's Crisp and uh, Tim Hortons. Well, see, I, I can't ride with you on this, sir. I cannot ride with you on this one. Here, here's the thing. No, but she see, is red lobster. Well, I don't agree with that. Oh, I no, definitely don't agree with that. That's ridiculous. Listen, and we're going to go to some other people. All I'm saying is, listen, this is her book. This is her life. This is what she says I happened. I don't, I don't know how you can say she's delusional. Now, I don't know what happened between them, but I've obviously, I'm somebody that's followed this, you know, followed Princeton for a long time. I've seen that she's was his girlfriend and has been there probably longer than any chick he's ever dated. Right? I mean, if you want to just look at it, she's been around him longer than anybody. You do know the definition of a jump off, right? You can call it what you want, but I'm just saying if if anyone would be to say that she had something going on with Prince, this would be the first person that could legitimately say something. And I don't doubt that he probably did say those things to her on that tour. Again, these are two people that were, are inseparable for a long, long time before Purple Rain and after. And then even after the heyday, even in the 90s, right? To whenever they stop to messing with each other, but she's always been around this dude. She's and, a very, and they've she's always very talented. People, people have always talked about the relationship that they've had with each other. 
Well, we can't deny she's very talented. Well, I'm not right. He's I'm smart not, enough to keep I'm not a very talented about the, person. In, right. In, I'm not in speaking the on the musicianship. I'm saying that there's obviously was something more between those two than them just being talent. That has been spoken on well before even Shelly said something. If if you go back and read the books and do the research, you will see that they obviously was in a relationship for a very long time. Yeah, was he dating other people? Of course. <laughs> I mean, that that would be to say that Maite was a jump off. But he married. Would you say he married a jump off because he was in a deeper relationship with other people while probably talking to her? So again, I wouldn't. I I can't call. I I can't co-sign with you. That's Sheila E, man. Come on now. But anyway, I've said enough. Big sex. I can't believe you called her. Yeah, you big called sex. Called her a red lobster woman, man. <laughs> That's cold. Yeah, all hate mail goes to Ample. Please. That's cold. Trying to get Sheila. What you trying to get Sheila on the show? Yeah, that's not gonna happen now. Man, Anthony, thanks, thank man. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sheila's gonna be here in a well, there in Sacramento on September fifteenth, I believe. Co-headlining a casino show with Morris in the time, and since my client is promoting it, I will try to get back there and see if I can get Sheila on the show before she hears this. Anthony, thank you. <laughs> but Charlemagne. <laughs> <laughs> but the book, I will be picking up the book. I pre-ordered it. I'm curious. I read that article that Mike uh, referenced, and I didn't know Sheila had other issues other than Prince. You know, and she admits this, and it sounds like she's owning her own, uh, for lack of a better word, problem. So I'm really curious to see what she has to say about a lot of things. Uh, Sean, you got any uh, things? Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm. I. I... We'll get the book. I, I actually, I really don't have a lot of time to sit down and read a book. I'm more of a books on tape guy. So if it ever comes to books on tape I, or CD at this point, I will definitely pick it up and uh, listen to it to and from work and while I'm at work. So lazy. I Between work, between the hurricane, between screenings between writing reviews i did i i wish i had time to sit down to read a book but it just it just doesn't happen that's the only free time i have is in the car <laughs> right on well yeah check it out the beat of my own drum september 2nd uh definitely it's on uh uh amazon site you can get the actual book or the ebook uh, hopefully they have a as you said the audible book version so yeah i, I definitely want to read this this is uh, another piece of the puzzle and Sheila E, man, she, I mean, the history of her career and everything that she's touched is definitely uh, something to be uh, of interest, you know, starting from her family, which is obviously very famous, and then, you know, being with Santana, and then she was with Marvin Gaye, uh, to Lionel Richie, and then go off to her work. own thing, Herbie Hancock, I mean, this is a person who's in the, putting in the work, been in the game as a legend, and still active, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. she's more than just a prince protege by, yeah, for, by sure and she's there doing the heyday putting in the work too so it's yeah, her career is crazy almost like the kevin bacon six degrees of separation like who didn't come out of you know who didn't she not work with and you know rafael sadiq tony 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 all of that stuff she brought them into the game so yeah definitely much respect okay i will i will say this she is in my opinion the best drummer of all time I wouldn't go that I'm trying far. to save face, but that's all right. <laughs> Someone you know is okay. there, man. And I just hope, I hope this chapter. I give her that. 
I I just hope there's a chapter on Crush Groove. That's all that I that I really want. Yes, I, I think it was mentioned in this article. So, but all right, so there we go. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. But this has been the Prince Podcast. So hey, if you got any comments on what you heard, you disagree with Ampu, aka Charlemagne <laughs> the God, uh, calling her those names disrespectful names to the princess Queen Sheila E. Let him know. Um, but seriously, let us know what you think about this show. Um, are you excited about the new Prince albums? Uh, again, they coming September 30th. So they'll be here My very birthday. soon. Oh, there you go. Happy birthday. Believe, or early birthday. That's going to be a nice present for you. Yes, it will. And before we get out of here, two different things. One, please check out Podcast Juice All Access. That's a great way to support this website. It's only $5 a month, and it's not mandatory. It is something you can do to help the site, and you do get all of our old catalog and any sort of special shows that we have coming out. But it is a great way to help us do this thing, and as you know, we are working it like a job, so we need your support. Next off, I want to make sure you all can reach everyone on the show. So we're going to start with Big Sexy and Sack. Where can the people find you, sir? Uh, you know me. Everything is still in limbo on the website, Sean, and shut up. I know you have I something did, to say. I didn't say a word. <laughs> I'm, I'm smiling. Uh, okay, smiling. I can be reached <laughs> on Facebook, and I can be reached on Twitter at Big Sexy and Sack. And also, guys, I need to sign off. I'm here in Chico sitting in the car. Up, so I got to hit the hotel. I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks for calling in, sir. Doing it on the road. Love Not it. a problem. All right. Uh, Aunt Pooh, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Aunt Pooh. I have a new uh, column up at 401 Mania. The best, uh, when the bad guys go good. The best heel turns in comic books. And I'll have a new uh, column for uh, knockoutnation.com on Tuesday. All right, sir. And last but not least, Mr. Sean Hill, where can they find you? All right. You can find me at Twitter at Hill Street Views. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, Sean Hill, and also Real Movie Talk. Uh, and my blog, hillstreetviews.blogspot.com. No new reviews this week, but uh, coming uh, early next week uh, will be my list of the top 10 movies, best movies, and top 10 worst movies of the year thus far. Surprisingly, Tyler Perry is not on the list. All right. And last but not least, he hasn't had a movie. <laughs> last oh, but not least, no, you can find one. me here on podcastjuice.net. You can also find us on Facebook. Just look up Podcast Juice. And I'm also on Twitter at M. Dean. And before we leave here, want to give a shout out to Prince.org, the forums. Thanks for keeping us on top of mind and talking about our shows, good or bad. We love it. And our thank you to all the fans out there. So with that, we'll see you next week. Peace.